This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hi, this is Annie Wu. I draw stuff, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Podcast with Joe and Matt. And activate! Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 471. That number is absurd. Of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast. My name is Matt Baum. Are you going to tell people what we're doing here? Oh, later. Okay. Did you just... Well, I, this and is I, not my first day, okay? It, sometimes <laughs> I wonder. And I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. Each week we discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, slash TV news, and get blind drunk to avoid Star Wars spoilers on Twitter. Although, that doesn't always too help. Too fucking late. This week, we're celebrating Chanukka and the War on Xmas for the fifth annual Hanukkah it's Drunk Show. It's like the seventh annual the Hanukkah. The seventh drunk, annual drunk show. Hanukkah Drunk Show. Also, I'm not at war with Christmas. Joey, it's time to light the menorah and tip your glass of Banashevitz. I'm ready. Lachaim. Shin Shin. Oh my God, it's so sweet. <laughs> Woo! And now that we're good and drunk, we better talk about this week's. Okay, so some stuff happened this what week. What you gotta do? Oh, yes. <laughs> On March 7th, Jerry Duggan and Aaron Cooter will launch a quote unquote spectacular huge infinity tale. God, that sounds right out of the White House press briefing. <laughs> <laughs> called Infinity Countdown, scheduled to run for five issues. So the countdown runs for five issues. This story expands from their Guardians of the Galaxy run as well as the two February one shots Infinity Countdown colon Adam Warlock and Infinity Countdown Prime to deliver a larger story affecting the entire Marvel Universe. So Adam Warlock is uh, going to happen. It's He's coming back. It's like, we got that trailer, we got the post credits thing. That's in the movie, dude. We're talking about comics here. I know, but they're not doing this in the comics unless it's coming in Avengers Infinity. No. And we got a post-credit I guarantee you that Adam Warlock does not show up until Guardians 3. They're not going to do Adam Warlock in Infinity War. Uh, You want to bet on this? Yeah. You want to go nerd bet on this? Nerd bet! Nerd bet on. I'm saying Adam Warlock in Infinity War. No. And you're saying no Adam Warlock in Infinity War. Guardians 3 is when we're going to get Adam You're saying not until Guardians 3. I'm saying nerd bet on. It's a deal. Write it it down. Say the words. Nerd bet on. All right, Clay. I'm just trying to keep it real. All right. Jesus. There's fucking rules. This is not nom, Joe. Okay. (laughs) These are you make up the rules as we go. Here's a quote from editor Jordan D. White. He plays the ukulele at conventions. What? Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. He on on Marvel panels. He will uh, occasionally get out his ukulele and play the. X-Men cartoon theme song on his, on his ukulele. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> Quote, as we worked on the Infinity Stone story, it became clear the story was much bigger than we could contain in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. It starts with the Guardians, but the story extends out into the entire Marvel Universe with stones popping up in some very surprising places. Countdown is the next step in the story, but as the name implies, it's leading to something even greater. Story, 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 story. He said that word like five times in that. Okay. All right. Now, some of the infinity stones have already reappeared in the 
Fallout of Marvel Legacy number one. Wolverine has one. Yeah. What? Wolverine has one. An Infinity Stone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Comics. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Stop thinking about movies. Uh, Infinity. Well, Marvel just bought Disney and everything is fucked up. And I'm just like, no, ah! Marvel just bought 20th Century Fox. They've owned Disney for years. Yeah, whatever. Infinity Countdown will be about the hunt for the remainder and the fighting for those already Pardon me. found. Disney, Disney just bought Fox. My bad. <laughs> right. Stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So, Guardians of the Galaxy is getting canceled. Yes. Or it's ending. Relaunched. Or it's Let's not lie. We know that. Relaunched. Yeah, I mean, come on. In favor of, of this Infinity thing, in the ramp up to Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars, the Infinity Stones were destroyed. Yes. You might remember that in yes. the pages of the Avengers books. Um, but since then, four of them have turned up in one form or another. Uh, like we said, Wolverine has one. And uh, looking at the covers for the upcoming event, Captain Marvel has one. Gamora has one. Loki, Super Skrull, who yeah. I enjoy. I love and Super Skrull. And the Magus, who is kind of an evil version of Adam Warlock. <sighs> okay, not Warlock's dad. Not Warlock's dad. <laughs> like, like an evil. I was like, oh shit, I love the Magus. And you were like, not Warlock's dad. Not like, oh, Warlock. Not the Magus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, different Magus. You can't blow up the Infinity Stones. They did it. You can't. But they they're, exist. They're back. Yeah, they're back. Uh, so Infinity. Uh, so here's the bottom line. It's an another it's another Infinity Gauntlet-esque crossover. Yes. Is Jerry Duggan the man for it? He's the one writing Guardians of the Galaxy. And he writes a lot of funny stuff. And I have not loved his Guardians of the Galaxy. I reviewed two issues and I thought both were fine. At best. What can I say to that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I'm know. I'm read them. Yeah. I'm uh, st- I've still kept up. And and it's fun. And I like the Marvel Cosmic U and I like the whole Infinity idea. I mean, we're into that. Yeah. Um I wish this was called Infinity something. Well, this is just Countdown, Infinity Countdown. I know. So you would think that the event would be something else. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot of rehashing of familiar ground here with the Infinity Gems or Stones or whatever we're calling them. Um, Infinity Stones. But because it was popular in the movies, we have to retell this story again for a new audience. Yes, that's exactly what's going on. And so I don't know if I'm excited about it. like for Milton. Here's the thing. In the Marvel Universe, let me finish this thought real quick. Okay. The cosmic universe has become way more important in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than it has been in the regular Marvel comics. So if this reestablishes Marvel Cosmic as a big, important universe in the comics, I'm fine with that. And it should. It absolutely should. Yes, I'm with you there. Ever since Bendis brought the Guardians back, I don't feel like it's been the same. I don't feel like it's had the same weight to it. Yeah. As it did when we had a Nova book and a yeah. Guardians book and the when Annihilation we, stuff was going on. There was on. like real serious cosmic stuff going like, on. Like Bendis's Guardians and by extension, the the writers that have followed, Jerry Duggan, whoever. Right. It feels like a side world. Nothing to worry yeah. about. I just don't know if I'm excited. Like I'll read it. It'll, and it'll probably be fun. Here's what I need this to do. I need this to return the Marvel Cosmic Universe to importance in the Marvel U. I agree. It's not there. Right now, everything has been all hero versus hero on Earth. So if this reestablishes the Shire, the Skrulls, the, you know, like uh, the the Kree, all that shit, that's what they need to do. Reestablish that universe. The Marvel, that. the Marvel universe is bigger than the Avengers and yes, what's happening on way Earth. way bigger. And somehow the cinematic you is paying more attention to that than <laughs> the comics are right now. Well, but the cinematic you right now is also only Earth. Well, there's the Guardians, uh, but other than... It's and, not about to be. And Thor. Yeah. It's not about to. For the honor of Grayskull. 
Lumberjanes creator Noelle Stevenson will head up a reboot of She-Ra, Princess of Power for Netflix, according yes! to the Deadline. The classic 80s cartoon She-Ra was a spinoff of Masters of the Universe, starring Prince Adam, He-Man's twin sister, Adora, She-Ra, in her fight to save Ethere- Etheria. Oh, yeah, she lived in Etheria. He lived on Eternia. Yeah, alternate planet. That's right. She He lived on Eternia. She lived on Etheria from the Evil Horde. And my favorite Masters of the Universe bad guy, Hordak. Hordak. Hell yeah. He was like space vampire. He was so cool. Here's how Stevenson's version is described. The trailblazing girl power icon originally debuted in 1985 to satisfy the overwhelming demand for a female lead fantasy series. With Stevenson's unique voice at the helm, Fans are in store for an epic and timely tale that celebrates female friendship and empowerment, led by a warrior princess, tailor-made for today. I think it's great. Shira will premiere on Netflix in 2018. Perfect. Here's what I want. I want the same exact animation studio to do it <laughs> with the same exact animation style. No, it's going to be fancy. I don't want it fancy. I it's going to be fancy. Don't do it fancy. Do it in the same exact way and I will squeal like a pig. Here's what I here's what I don't want. And I realize that I'm not the target audience, but that doesn't mean I don't love it. I don't want little kid stuff. I don't want I don't think they're going to I don't, I don't want DC superhero girls. Though there's a place for that. Sure. But I don't th- I, I don't think they'll do that here. I but. want like Shira for real. Yeah. Uh, like I love Shira. One of my one of my favorite here, man. Like I, back in the day even like as a kid, like I wanted those action figures. I wanted Shira. I wanted her uh, what was the horse's name? Oh boy, I don't know. Oh fuck, I can't say it. It's not our text. That was never a ending story. <laughs> It's not synergy. That was the fucking <laughs> synergy's not a horse. Yeah, no, I don't. I can't say it. But like, I wanted that shit because Hordak and the Evil Horde were so fucking cool. Here's how Stevenson's version is described: The trailblazing girl power icon originally debuted in 1985 to satisfy overwhelming demand for a female lead fantasy series. With Stevenson's unique voice at the helm, fans are in store for an epic and timely tale that celebrates female friendship and empowerment. Led by a warrior princess, tailor made for today. Fuck yeah! Fun. I love Shira. I do too. I fucking love Shira. I fucking love Hordak. I love all those bad guys. One of my fondest now, memories. Let me ask you this: Can they pull this off without talking about He Man? I don't know because you got to, and it's not just like oh, like, like where's the dude? I'm not saying that at all. No, no, no she's but He Man's sister. He Man's twin sister. One of my fondest memories is going to see. The movie that introduced She-Ra mm-hmm. at the drive-in mm-hmm. with my family. It was amazing. I have always loved She-Ra, and I think this is great, and I think it's awesome that we have a kick-ass, female-led, yeah. girl-power action show. Yeah. I just want it to be for, not for grown-ups, obviously, but for older kids, not for little kids. I want it to be rated X. No. <laughs> Like, I think it's great that they have DC superhero girls and all that. Right, but right, I right. want this to be for older kids. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, I agree. I, yeah. It shouldn't be kitty shit. It just like do straight up old school She-Ra cartoon where like she was the badass. She fights Hordak. Yeah. There's a problem involved, you know, and she fucking takes care of it. It can be. There's no reason it can't be just as tough. Yeah. As like the Voltron revival no, or definitely. the Thundercats revival. And Noelle Stevenson. Perfect for this. I love it. Perfect I can't wait. This. I think it's so exciting. Joe Patrick. Two weeks ago, yeah, we reported it on the fact some time ago. that Disney was toying with the idea of buying 
20th century foxes. Well, they were in talks, not just toying. They were they toying were with talks. the idea of buying 20th century foxes film The studio. entertainment stuff, right. This week, it happened. It's a done deal, yo. They pulled the trigger. They, and they pulled the trigger with the idea of coming up with a streaming service to go directly up against Netflix. But in that deal, they acquired the X-Men, they acquired the Fantastic Four, and all the villains therein. What is the first thing you want to see from a Disney-Fox merger? A Galactus post credit scene at the end of Avengers 4. Okay. I want... A Doctor Doom. Either way, I'm good. I'm scene. fine either way. Fuck Galactus. No, I'm I either, want, w- either one. We have yet to have a definitive Marvel villain. Like a real Marvel villain. Well, Loki. Uh, sure, but Loki's also lovable. Loki is also someone we root for and does good things. I want a definitive, terrifying Marvel villain. And I'm saying right now, it's not Thanos. Thanos looks cool. And I, I can't wait for Infinity War. That's going to be great. But is Thanos memorable? Exactly. I want... No, I think you're right. Doom on screen doing something terrifying. I want him in a green dress. I want the metal face. I don't even give a I shit how hood. it looks. Yes. I want I want everything. him wearing that goddamn miniskirt. Full on... With metal legs. Doom. I want his hoodie up. I want him to say his name and clench his fist while he does it. <laughs> I want him to shout... I want him to shout... Richard! <laughs> yeah, totally. And what better way to introduce the Fantastic Four? I just don't know how they do it in the context of the Avengers movie, but it'd be easy. I don't, you know, I, I mean, I'm joking about the Avengers tease. It'd be what I easy. want is a Fantastic Four movie for real. Yes, without a doubt. I think we need to look at Marvel Studios getting access to the FF and the X Men as a silver lining. Uh, oh, of course. On an otherwise very dark cloud. But that said, this merger was not about Marvel. Right. 20th Century Fox was never just, Mar- was never just the Marvel no. properties. And Disney is never- But there never- were other articles that came out this week that said, should, should Disney just buy the WB? <laughs> so like, Jesus. And I was like, fuck yeah, they should. <laughs> no. No. Buy them. No. Fuck it. <laughs> no. All right. So all of, that, all of that political shit that we're too drunk to really debate aside, um, I, I am thrilled on a, on a certain level about Marvel Studios getting these yes, back. Yes, they have everything but and Spider-Man, and Spider-Man is already playing in the they're game. They're playing nice with Sony, right? Right. So what do I want to see? I want to see... The Silver Surfer. I, wanna, I don't need the Silver Surfer. I, I want, need the Silver I want Surfer. A, I want a genuine, heartfelt, real Fantastic Four movie. Yes. Not with any of this modernizing bullshit. No. Not with trying to make it edgy. Not no. with trying to, like, I don't need all that. That's not what the Fantastic Four and is you know about. What they do? You know what they do? Flashback. They disappeared in the 60s. They went up in a spaceship and they disappeared. We don't know where they went. They flew up into space. They vanished. Bang. So here's a second. And then they're all of a sudden, their ship returns in 2018. They have no idea what happened. They have powers. They don't know why it happened. They don't know where they were. I would actually really love that if, if they disappeared in the 60s. The craft disappears. That would make me very happy. And, and you know where it goes? The negative zone. The negative zone. Of course it goes to the negative zone. And then it comes out because Reed is brilliant and no time has passed for him. They were there for five seconds. Sure. It was terrifying. There are people out of time. Oh my God. And guess who got a look at him while they were there? 
Annihilus? Annihilus. Gotta look at him while they were there. But now you're, now you're going too far. Annihilus! Gotta we're look not going to get there. all that shit in one and movie. And meanwhile, Victor Von Doom was like, don't do this. It's irresponsible. This is a terrible idea. And, and his math equations are wrong. And you don't know what's going on. So, okay. I've seen some people tweeting about, like, whether or not they should retroactively say that Sokovia... The fake country from Avengers Latveria. Age of Ultron. It's fucking Latveria. Was, was historically Latveria. Yes. And Doom was chased out. And he w- and he disappeared with the fa- with a Fantastic Four. He didn't disappear with them. He just vanished. After all this went bad, he vanished because he was part of the project or whatever. And he vanishes. And there's like a, you know, it's and over. And he comes back to claim his birthright. There's like a military fucking overtake. shit. Sokovia, Sokovia is Latveria. Yes. 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 And the Fantastic Four reappear. And Victor Von Doom comes out of hiding and says, I told you i told you assholes i was right and they go like oh my god he's the he's the rightful ruler so of he's like super old then no magic has kept him young oh yeah yes now we're getting why is magic. he aging we don't know we don't know oh my god all right so but we don't even know how old he is because he's wearing a metal suit so yeah i want to i want a sincere heartfelt fantastic yes. four movie yes yeah so the first thing i want from this is the Fantastic Four. Yes. The X-Men have had plenty of opportunities. Yeah. Many, many movies. Yes. And there's there's more movies still down the pipeline uh, that I think are still going to happen. They're still going to happen because they're already some of them are already in production. But right. I'm saying wipe that slate clean. When they bring the X-Men back, wipe I it want clean. it to be a reboot. Yes. Reboot of the Absolutely. X-Men. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do something where it's like these children are being born with uh, weird powers. And, born with abilities. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is the deal? And they're like, oh, wait a minute. This started. 20 years ago and nobody was paying attention. Sure. You know, yeah, and they've been in hiding since then. But one man, Charles Xavier has Xavier. known yes. all along. He's known all along. Oh man. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Charles look, Xavier, you can, and just like we talked about the other day, you steer away from the Avengers film franchise and you go fantastic Four and X-Men. Well, I, okay. So, in this new phase that's coming up, phase four, I don't even know what number I think it's phase on. 66 at this point. Phase 66. Yeah. Order 66. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's clear that they have made their willingness known to close the book on certain aspects of this franchise. Yeah. Iron Man, Captain America. Yeah. Maybe even the Avengers. Uh, they so, kind of have to. And I, I agree. And I think that if, I think that now is the time. Yes. When Avengers 4 comes out and finally closes the book on whatever they decide is going away. Now we get the away, Fantastic Four and we get the X-Men. Let something else lead the charge. Yes. And all the characters that they're building up. Uh, Captain Marvel. The Black Panther. You know, I mean, like, these are all characters that are perfect for Fantastic Four and X-Men stories. They're perfect. They fit so well into this. Just let it happen organically. Yeah. I agree. I want Fantastic Four first, X-Men second. Bye. So there's your nerd news for this week. And of course, we want to hear from you on these stories and everything we missed. So hit us up in the Ziggurat direct line. It's 402-819-4894. And share your thoughts with us on these stories and more. Now it is time for these two stinking drunk Santas to play critic because... Nothing is more compelling than two wasted nerds with opinions. Right, Joey? Absolutely right. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? What is your review for this week? 
My review is Rumble number one from Image Comics, written by John R. Cutie. Rumbo. Rumbo. With uh, art by David Rubin. The Blackberry Manischewitz. Way too sweet. Oh, my God. Well, I don't think the Elderberry Manischewitz is Yeah, we're moving on to Elderberry now. We're on to bottle two of Manischewitz. (laughs) Art by David Rubin. Colors by Dave Stewart. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. Soul without pity. Part one. Rathrak is back. But who is he exactly? Once an ancient warrior god, he was resurrected as a sword-wielding scarecrow. And now, Rathrak has transformed yet again. Or has he? There was a lot going on here. Yes. John R. Cutie's Rumble is back with a new volume, thankfully tailored to new readers, such as myself. With the amazing David Rubin stepping in for the equally, but differently amazing, James Heron on art. I love James Heron so much. I do too. I read the first issue of Rumble for the show back when it first came out, but for some reason, I never kept up with it. If I recall correctly, the first issue of Volume 1 threw a lot of crazy shit at you right off the bat without much context to help make sense of it. I'm sure readers that stuck with it were rewarded, but, you know, hey, here we are. This issue takes a different approach and fills you in on the ancient origin of Rathrak before catching up with the supporting cast in the present day. I still don't know much about the story up to this point, but Arcudi gives readers just enough to keep up without bogging things down with exposition that would bore longtime fans. I've become a huge fan of David Rubin since I first saw his work on Aurora West, a spinoff oh, of Paul yeah. Pope's Battling Boy. That's he also right. did uh, The Ether yes. by Jeff Lemire. While original artist James Heron has a sharp, sketchy, gritty style, Ruben draws with a much more controlled line and with an exaggerated style reminiscent of animators like John Kay and yeah. Doug Tanopel. Without a yeah, absolutely. It's different from what Heron did, but it fits the tone of the book perfectly. Dave Stewart, who is probably the industry's most celebrated color artist, Makes the whole thing shine. It looks so good. It really is beautiful. So like I said, I never followed the original Rumble, but I enjoyed this so much that I'm going to keep with it, and I'm going to go back and catch up on what I missed. So while I was a little bit lost, I liked it enough to give it a buy it. I was a little bit lost too, but the story, you know what it reminded me of? Very much of like Eric Powell's Goon. Mm-hmm. where there's a lot of mythology going on and there's like a wow. slang to the way the characters speak that s- makes sense. It's not like an annoying slang at all. It's, it works. There's a, yeah, cadence. But I also felt like I don't totally know what's happening here. With that said, it starts at like the dawn of time with these like paleo yeah. people discussing this warrior god that came and cleared out their valley from all these monsters where it turns out the monsters may not have been as bad as we think they no, are. No, it actually kind of seemed like Rathrak yeah, might be kind of Like the bad. monsters are all right and Rathrak might be the monster. <laughs> I don't know. But I really enjoyed this. The art was intense and the dude's framing was absolutely incredible. There's some two-page spreads here that are borderline J.H. Williams good where it shows like Rathrak's spirit with his arms out and right, this, two like, page, yeah. yeah, these windows going around him of this history. Very, very cool shit. I'm giving it a huge buy it as well. You picked something full of monsters as well, didn't you? I did. I'm a fool for giant monsters, so I had to pick giants. Number one from Dark Horse. 
It's written by Carlos Valderrama with art by Miguel Valderrama. Emotional so, support by Wilmer Valderrama. 32 pages, $3.99. Here's your solicit. A cataclysm of unknown origins unleashed a race of gigantic monsters whose presence has driven humanity underground. There, two orphans discover that the most dangerous monster is ambition, which unchecked will grow until it devours you. Bullet point! An original vision from two powerful new talents. Bullet point! The Valderrama Bros' first American work! So, apparently, the Valderrama Bros are a thing. Somewhere. In this solicit I just read, you probably noticed the part where I said the Valderrama Bros' first American work, which leads one to believe that the Valderrama Bros have done important work someplace on this planet, but Dark Horse and the rest of the internet don't seem to know where. I checked, and I can't find shit on the Valderrama Bros. I found a Wilmer Valderrama of that 70s show fame who was hanging out with Joe Jonas last year, but I can't tell you for sure if he's related, honestly. Seriously, Dark Horse. I mean, probably not. Tell me something about these guys, because they are very, very talented. The bros drop the reader right into a world where humanity lives underground while giant monsters battle above. In the story, we meet two orphans who are trying to make a name for themselves, stealing something called Amber Noir that has value to the gangs of the underworld. The two orphans are so driven to prove themselves to a gang called the Blood Wolves that they agree to venture to the surface in search of more Amber Noir, which proves to be much more dangerous than they expected. The story is very fast-paced and does have a lot of future speak. They say Amber Noir a lot without explaining what the hell it is. But the world the bros are fleshing out is very compelling. Miguel Valderrama's art seems like a perfect cross between Jeff Smith of Bone fame and Blade of the Immortal creator Hiroki Samura. There is so much motion and speed in every panel here. It's easy to forget that Giants is not an animated feature. It really was beautiful to look at. I admit, I'm an easy mark for anything featuring giant monsters, but this was a giant monster story with a heart featuring two young, ambitious characters in a world they obviously don't take seriously enough. Giants number one is the start of what looks to be an amazing story from two very talented creators from somewhere where they previously did something, I assume. I'm giving this a huge buy-it. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't have any baggage going into it, but... It just, it had so much character. It, it really did. Yeah. And it, it felt like watching an animated feature. The world building was great. Yeah. I, I feel like the creators did a good job setting up the, the stakes of the world, the struggles of the protagonists. I could not help but think of Jeff Smith with every page in this. Sure. Um, I love the fact that the focus wasn't about the monsters. Yeah. It was about the people surviving in the world yeah. where there happens to be a monster. Yeah, these kids grew up in this place where... And it says so much, in the, it says as much in the back matter. Right. Where the editor, they got the pitch, and it was like, yeah, monsters! But and they, the editor was like, maybe not. But these two kids are focused on, like, the dumb day-to-day stuff. Right. And willing the to put themselves... to survive. Right. Uh, the finding of this this Amber Noir um, you whatever know, fuel the hell or whatever. Is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a buy-in for me as well. Uh, I'm not normally like, I have no emotional investment in giant monster stories, uh, or, or manga or anime. Me either. I just like giant monsters. I just, but this was well told. This is a good story. Yeah. Well told. Beautifully drawn. Miguel Valderrama. 
These are some very... Put that name on your radar. The dude is wildly talented. Impressive talents. Look for more of their work. Absolutely, it's a buy it. There are our main reviews, but we want to hear from you nerds. We'll post these reviews on TwoHeadedNerd.com so you can respond in the review section on the THN forums or even the THN Facebook fan page where Matt says he's still not invited, but the truth is he just can't be bothered. That's not true. Yeah. You're a part of the group. I know you they are. They don't want me. And I get that. That's fine. Not true. But now it's time for Matt and I to climb into the THN sensory deprivation tank where we'll float in spoiler-free darkness until such time as we can see Star Wars The Last Jedi. Good night, Matt. Good night, Joe. Okay, I'm super bored. Let's review eight more of this week's comics and go see fucking Star Wars. Nerds! This is your ludicrous speed round! Ludicrous speed! Go! Scooby Apocalypse number 20 from DC! I decided it was time to check back in with the most bizarrely off-brand take on Scooby-Doo ever. Why? Turns out I'm still not a fan. It's terrible. It's <laughs> No, it's not that Keith yes. Giffen and J.M. DiMatteis are telling a bad story. I disagree. Ron Wagner's art is decent in an old-school meat and potatoes, comic fundamentals sort of way, too. It's just that every time I stop and think about who I'm supposed to be reading about... I get sucked right out of it. One of the characters even brings up a subplot about Scrappy-Doo, and it seems ridiculous, not compelling. There's a backup story featuring Secret Squirrel and Morocco Mole with Howard Shaken on art. It is laughably bad. Motherfuckers, I love Secret Squirrel. For every Flintstones and Future Quest, I guess there must be a Scooby Apocalypse. Somebody out there loves it. I'm dying to know why. For me, it's a leave it. Nobody out there loves it. You should see the sales numbers on it. It's terrible. They made it to number 20. I, I don't know how. You should see where it's selling. Grave Trancers, number one from Black Mass. Write this name down. James Michael, why not? Really? He's the why artist. Not? That's There it is. He's the artist of this comic, and the man is a goddamn crazy person. Imagine a Rob Zombie film done right in comic form and illustrated by a goddamn crazy person, and you have got grave trancers. Two kids trying to find their father's grave in a creepy cemetery owned by a family that makes a drug from the recently deceased are pulled into a bizarre, borderline, necrophilic world, and disgusting lunacy ensues with amazing angular art worthy of a blacklight poster. This shit was nuts, and Grave Trancers gets a huge buy it. Okay. It was so fucking cool. Monstro Mechanica, number one from Aftershock. At the height of the Renaissance, warring factions vie for control of Leonardo da Vinci's destructive arsenal. Jesus. The only thing standing in their way is Leonardo's young apprentice and her nine-foot-tall mechanical wooden bodyguard. Okay. I really loved the kickoff to this new series by writer Paul Aller. I like Paul Aller a lot. And artist Chris Evan Weiss. I don't know him. Assassin's Creed 2 style intrigue plus the fun trope of the unconventional and out of place technological advancement like a robot made out of wood. That's weird. Yeah, I got you. Steampunk shit. But not. You know what I mean? Steampunk-esque. I'm still itching a little bit to be honest. 
The art by Evan Weiss, or Evan Wee, I'm sorry. And colorist, Jan Weigers. Yeah, you're on your own there, buddy. S. Jan Weigers <laughs> is simply stunning. I came in with zero expectations and was very pleasantly surprised. Monstro Mechanica gets a buy it. Judas number one from Boom. Nova writer Jeff Loveness, who was once nominated for an Emmy for his work on Jimmy Kimmel Live, writes a story of Judas Iscariot, the man who betrayed Jesus Christ, with truly amazing art by Jacob Rebekel. Rebelka. Rebelka. By Jacob Rebelka. The two incorporate Bible passages into Judas's story, making this feel less like Bible fan fiction and more like a lost book of the Bible. I cannot say enough about Rebelka's heavy inked art and muted colors. Judas number one was an amazing, dark, and terrifying look at one of the Bible's most interesting characters. I cannot give this a bigger buy it. This book was fucking excellent. The Wicked and Divine Christmas Annual from Image. There are hoo-hoo-dillies and cha-chas all <laughs> over the dang place <laughs> as Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey team up with a host of great artists to, pre- to present several deleted scenes from the ongoing story. Full disclosure, I am not a regular reader of The Wicked and the Divine, but, but keeps be loving it. I still found myself drawn in to the personal histories shared by these characters. Each artist kills it on their respective chapters. This gets a strong skimmit from me, but I'm willing to bet that this is must-read stuff for loyal fans of the series. All right. Punisher, number 219 from Marvel. I didn't have a chance to review the first part of the Punisher War Machine stories, so I'm reviewing part two. When I first heard Frank was going to put on the War Machine armor, I thought it was a stupid idea, but Matt, but writer Matthew Rosenberg proved me wrong. Frank is wearing the war machine armor and cleaning up Nick Fury's mess in a Russian satellite country with fantastic sketchy art by Zhu Villanova. I am giving this a huge buy it. Normally, I I don't like when Punisher leaves the United States. They're doing a really good job here. Okay. Action Comics 993 from the DC. (laughs) From the DC. Yeah, DC. Booster Gold shows up to stop Superman from mucking up the time stream in his quest to find answers about Mr. Oz. It's a ton of fun seeing Dan Jurgens reunited with a fan-favorite character he created in the 80s. The art seems a bit off, but I don't know if it's because of Jurgens or because of the mismatched inks of Joe Prado. I normally like Joe Prado, but it did not work with Dan Jurgens' pencils. I did pencils. not like this. I'll be honest. I didn't like it. Visually inconsistent, for sure. Yeah. But a nice throwback to 90s-style superhero comic booking. It's a strong skimming. I felt like it was a mess. I, that's just me. I would still give it a skimming. I'm not saying to leave it, but I think it was a mess. Under Scourge of the Sewer, number one from Titan. This is another European import translated for us dumb old Americans by Titan. This time, it's the story of a huge future city called Megalopolis with a sewer system so big it needs its own police force. A sexy cryptozoologist is seeking yeah, proof. Yeah, the best kind. Yeah, that's the only kind I want to deal with. Sexy. Is seeking proof of the giant animals rumored to exist in the giant future city sewers. They only hunt sexy Bigfoots. All right, all right. I know and trust. I know and trust me. The explanation of the plot is just as exhausting as the setup for this examination of the urban mythology of giant alligators in our sewers. 
Under Number One is a well enough told story, but the premise seemed a little ridiculous for the ultimate big monster in the sewer plot. I can only give this a skim it. Schlopop! That is your ludicrous speed round, and schlopop is the sound of some kind of albino vampire wizard magically yanking the eyeball out of an orc or something. I don't know. I'm behind. As seen in the pages of Maestro's number three. This onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Wooly Toots via the Twitter. That is the person that is behind. Yeah, <laughs> I'm behind. If you're lucky enough to get your eye back into your head and want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week. Wow. <laughs> drunk show. I want to submit an opa-doompa-doompa of the week. <laughs> Just hit us up on any of our social media or shoot an email to twoeditnerd at gmail.com. Also, if you want to read our full reviews along with other reviews from the Love Slaves, head over to the review section of twoheadednerd.com and join the choir of nerds yelling at Matt on a weekly basis. Because he wrong. Joey, it's always nice to light the menorah and have a good laugh with our fellow mensch, Benji Grimm, Ragman, Kitty Pride, and who would have guessed? Machine Man. I had no idea. He's a robot. He's reformed. Okay. Yeah, still counts. All right. While we're sitting here enjoying our Hanukkah dinner, why don't you talk about your must-read pick for next week? Okay, well, my pick has to be Marvel 2-in-1, number one, from Marvel Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky. Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky. There you go. With art by Jim Chung, it's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. The Fate of the Poor... Nope. The fate of the poor. <laughs> <laughs> the fate of the four, part one. The four are no more. So two must do. <laughs> Something is very wrong with the human torch. And only the thing can help him. It's the Marvel Universe reunion you've all been waiting for. Well, half of it, at least. Plus, what monumental secret has Doom been hiding since the end of Secret Wars! Which Secret Wars? Secret Wars, the most recent. Okay. Are you sure? Yep. All right. And how will it completely... Nothing new to Beyonder. You're positive. No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and how will it completely change the lives of Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm? This is going to be great. I think it's going to be great, yes. It's going to be great. Um, I'm not worried at all. I think... I'm not worried about it, no. I, my only concern is they are leaning very heavily into the Return of the Fantastic Four tease. And if it's not leading to the return of the Fantastic Four, I will be very upset. It has to be because, okay, dude. I'll be upset. We just reported about Disney buying Fox. This There's was no solicited reason. months ago. There's, they can change any time they want. And who who's to no, say? No, Matt, this was solicited I with get this that. exact storyline months ago. Who is to say they did not know this was coming down the pipe? Months ago. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm telling you, maybe. Joe Patrick, this is the return of the Fantastic Four. There is no fucking question. If it's not the return, if it's There's not- There's no question! If it doesn't start us on the path to the return of the Fantastic Four, I will be sad. Why but, would you even do it? There is no question. This is the return of the Fantastic Four. Boy, I hope you're right. Do we need to have a nerd bet? No, because I hope you're right. It's, they, I am right. I'm right. I hope you're right. I am right. My pick for next week is X-Men Grand Design. Number one from Marvel Comics. It is written and drawn by Ed Piscor. It is 32 pages for $5.99. Here's your solicit. From Eisner Award-winning creator Ed Piscor, who drew the hip-hop family tree if you don't own it. 
you have fucked up. A and dummy. You're an idiot. You it a is dummy. Amazing. Comes a thrilling new series chronicling all of X Men history. X-Men Grand Design stitches together the most important moments in mutant history, creating a comprehensive narrative celebrating the X-Men's past, present, and future. The first in a trilogy, Grand Design, returns to Charles Xavier's assembly of Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Angel, and Beast. A must for fans looking to brush up on their X-Men lore or as a jumping on point for the Marvel's Merry Mutants. I There is... I don't have words. So this is Ed Pisker basically condensing the yes. first 280 issues. I, I'm telling you. I'm Candy X-Men into, as like, <laughs> into six issues. As a huge fan of hip hop, Ed Pisker's hip hop family tree is one of the most important graphic novels out there. I'm You're saying right. that. It is incredible. And there's a lot of fiction in it, but it, it made this mythology behind these characters. It's like the get down. Yes. It's not exactly accurate. Exactly. Right. And it is wonderful. And and he loves the X-Men. I'm and frankly I stunned that this see. isn't like 90 pages or something because we're getting two issues and a trade. Two what? issues and a trade. But two he's issues doing it in different trade. ages. So he's doing it in the 60s. I get it, but 32 pages. Then he's doing that the seems 70s. Like very little. And then he's doing it in the 80s. I understand. I don't think it's 32 pages. I think it's more than that, actually. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I think it's more than that. Um, I think I fucked that up. I feel like these need to be... It's 48 pages. Okay. I it's feel like these need to be almost issues. like graphic novel novel length installments. It's two 48-page issues for the 60s, and then the 70s, and then the 80s, and then the 90s. Like, he's going... Well, no, he's only doing six, so I think it ends in the 80s. So it, end, it ends in issue, with issue 280, which... Is like right before Bishop shows up, right. so late eighties. Regardless, yeah, I cannot wait to see what he does here. Ed Piscor is a master storyteller. I agree, and I, I'm very excited. So fucking. I mean, excited really, for this, this the <laughs> the picks of the week this week were a coin flip between these two. Really, um, and if both of them are going to be really good. I'm confident about it. The THN trade of the week is Night Business hardcover. From Fanagraphics, written and illustrated by Benjamin and Mara. It's 240 pages for $24.99. What a steal, says Matt. What a deal. Here's your solicit. Night Business is a tale of street justice from the author of The Terror Assaulter. <laughs> Didn't you read that? No. Okay. A killer is committing extreme acts it of violence. sound like correct English, though. <laughs> the Terror the Assaulter? Terror assaulter. <laughs> A killer is committing extreme acts of violence on exotic dancers, and only one man has a will powerful enough to stop this psychopath. Johnny Timothy. That's two first names. 1980s trash culture is refracted. John Tim. Through Mara's brain to become a nasty brew about serial killers, vigilante strippers, and dangerous men raining street justice upon their enemies. This sounds fucking awesome. This is the long-awaited collection of Mara's <laughs> career-launching cult comic book series, including never-before-published conclusion. This sounds fucking awesome. So this seems to me right in line with books like uh, what Chuck Forsman does yeah. with Revenger. Absolutely. Uh, Michelle Fife. Yeah. He's a, Benjamin Mara is definitely a contemporary of that school. Yeah. And I think this sounds great. Hard-hitting, super violent. Yeah, yeah, but like with an with an eye towards kind of reexamining right. a bygone era with a modern idea, stuff. right? Yeah. Exactly. Very cool. Very very cool. So there's our picks for the week. We, of course, we want to hear from you guys and girls. So hit us up on any 
of our social media pages, places, and things. And Play- tell people us pages. what you are excited to read next week. But right now, it's time to check in with this week's episode of THN Cover to Cover. Folks, let's be honest. We had to get real drunk this week, so we couldn't do a live call-in show. So drunk. So we're only going to be checking in with some voicemails. We had to watch two whole movies to get drunk enough to record this. It's true. It's absolutely true. So we're going to take some voicemails, and we're going to hear what the people have to say. If you want to play along, of course, you can always call in from 11 to 12.30 Central Standard Time when we're doing this normally. Normally on Saturdays. At 402-819-4894. Or you can call us anytime at that same number and leave us a message. Feel free to shoot us an MP3 at TwoHeadedNerd.com. TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. Pardon me. TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. We can respond to the question of the week. You can talk about that week's news. You can do whatever you want. You can also just click the call now button on our Facebook page and we will wrap with you live on the internet. But Joey, before we dig into these voicemails, can you please reset the question of the week? This week's question came from Stately Lord Fungus. Miss that guy. Yeah. Need him to come back. He's back. Come on back. He's back. Who wants to know uh, if you washed up on a desert island and with you washed up one piece of comic book original art. Yeah. What would that piece be? I can tell you right now. Well, save it. it instantly. Save it. Our first call comes from way down under. I did not know this. They celebrate Christmas down there. I had no clue. Yeah, it's kind of worldwide. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. From Australia, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. James Cassingham Rand. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What happened? Fuck. Jesus Christ. Jimmy, Jimmy, pull yourself together, dude. Oh, where am I? Oh, oh good. A genuine desert island. This is Just great. <laughs> What's this here, then? What's in this package? Oh, sweet. Darwin Cook's New Frontier. Complete edition. Beautiful. Thank God. At least I'll have something to uh, sit and read while I wait for rescue. Okay. Four weeks later. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, well, rescue's not coming. It's getting bloody cold in the nighttime here. I better light a fire. There is absolutely nothing for me to burn. I better burn this comic as much as I hate to do it. No, don't do it. Oh, man. All right, so I'm down to the last page. And, but you know what? I'd rather die than burn that piece of art. We got Martian Manhunter, Flash, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern all rushing towards Starro. And it's just all presented in just beautiful Darwin cookie goodness. Ah! And the the accompanying text is just single line, just saying, it's going to be okay. I'm going to hold true to that. It is going to be okay. I'm going to get rescued. And, oh, look at that helicopter. Sweet. I'm saved. Oh, great. I, of course, it goes without saying, I absolutely love Darwin Cook's work, New Frontier. It's um answer to the question of the week from a while back with your um your favorite splash panel uh towards the end of the first book with um Johnson Cloud popping the grenades and jumping into the mouth of the T-Rex. That oh, is one yeah. of the most beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful pieces of art That's that a I've good ever choice. seen as well. Oh. Probably the second last one that I burned while I was on that island. So yeah, that's um that's my answer to the question of the week, lad. So happy Hanukkah, merry bloody Christmas, ho ho fucking ho, my <laughs> lads. You guys take it easy. Merry Christmas to all the nerds, and that's it. Jimmy out. <laughs>
Jimmy, we missed you, baby. Oh boy, that's a great. That's a answer. really good answer. Wow, yeah, that's a good answer. Uh, jumping into the T Rex with the popped grenades. Oof. Mm. Oof. I love it. Too good. Let's go to our buddy, another buddy from across the pond. A long-awaited return. Not so far across the pond, but. It's six one half dozen on the other, isn't it? Live from the Southwest Distillery in the grounds of Mushroom Manor, I am the newly returned from 1605, Stately Lord Fungus. <laughs> if you're new to the show, let me bring you up to speed. I was trapped with the Queen of England in 1605. I remember I was this. facing the prospect of weeks without midget porn and cheesy poofs. But then it all got sorted and we came back. Yeah, there was another dragon, a big battle, spaceships got involved, and then there was a giant robot that flew in down from the sky, and... Oh, look, that's a pretty boring story. So, I'll get down <laughs> to business and tell you beautiful freaks about the books I've been reading and the things that my iVaginas have been penetrated by this year. <laughs> Justice League. Well, we managed about 40 minutes before the cinema audience drove us out for the crime of trying to watch a film in peace and quiet. It was sort of good, but I missed most of it because people are awful. Star Wars. Off to see it on Saturday the 16th at 11.45am. Avoided all spoilers, and I plan to keep it that way. Crisis on Earth X. Oh my, what a fantastic four hours that was. The Ray and Captain Cold are my new man crush. Doomsday Clock. It's brilliant. I'll admit I was nervous as a nervous thing when I started reading it, but oh boy did they nail it. The rest of Rebirth is still my favourite thing of the year, and I genuinely love 80% of DC's output at the moment. We live in truly wonderful times for our little genre. Uncharted 4 and Destiny 2 both rock my video gaming world this year, and it's only going to get better when Spider-Man swings by next year. Movies, what a choice! Logan made me cry tears of nacho cheese in the cinema. Guardians 2 had the best <laughs> opening 10 minutes of any film ever. Thor Ragnarok sent me home with a renewed love for the franchise. Atomic Blonde kicked major ass. Spider-Man Homecoming made me grin like a hyper child on Red Bull. And Alien Covenant introduced us to the possibility of the stupidest crew ever since Spaceballs. Good. I'm glad you didn't like I shared that. the stage with QE2, Tarquin Fungus, and a dragon named Winston. I've managed to miss one half of the THN during a cultural exchange programme gone horribly wrong last month. <laughs> and I have not seen a thumb I'd rather have inserted in me like the one Joe possesses and gives the camera when people say nice stuff. So, as the year draws to a close, like QE2's knickers on a bender, I say, on behalf of all the fine and good people of the THN world, thank you, Joe and Matt. You've made commuting a joy, late nights in the office bearable, and the global nerd community feel just a little bit closer this year. I take this amaretto and coke, and I raise it in your honour. Gross! I've got Yum. to take the word of the week, chaps, and it's time to practice everything we've learned so far. Here we go. Having a right old chin wag down the boozer when I heard this slag poncing off a right pillock before <laughs> chatting some proper codswallop. Say it with me, nerds. Having I a right old chin wag down the boozer when I heard this slag poncing off a right pillock before chatting some proper codswallop. <laughs> I'll be back in the new year with my self-titled pamphlet, Drawing Dicks, What Churchill Did Next. <laughs> and I'll be recording my difficult second album, provisionally titled, It Works the Same as Moisturiser, Honestly. Until next year, nerds, this is Stately saying Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, be nice to each other, and I hope Santa empties his full sack down your chimney. Whoa! I fucking love that guy! <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> I failed the British exam. That this was week. wonderful. 
thank you. So nice to have it you. It was back, wonderful. Sir. Yes. Stately Lord Fungus. Uh, he d- he does the hard work. I really appreciate that. Yeah, he does. Um, I mean, I have nothing other to, I have nothing to say other than welcome back. Happy to have you. We have got a message here from our very own Tony Cook. I mean, I don't know if Tony's ever c- called into the show. He before. never has. He's a coward. I love Tony. The man is a coward. All right. I'll say that. Let's see what he's got for well, us. Yeah. All right, nerds. Uh, so this is the drunken episode, which really is no different for one of you. <laughs> not going to name names. But want to give you my, uh, I don't know what, 12 hours after seeing Star Wars, The Last Jedi, what my take was. The only way I can say it is to compare it to when a new record comes out from a band that you really love. You've heard this record Tony, you fucking out, nerd! You hear these rumors that, oh, there, there's these guest stars that are going to be on the record that are that are helping out. You don't exactly know what they're going to do. Tom Hardy, for are example. Are singing? Are they playing <laughs> drums? What's going on? He but shows up in Star of, Wars. A lot of hype. What, Tom Hardy? And you can't wait to hear the record, and you get the record, and you Spoilers. listen to it. And it's the same singer. It's the same guitar sound. It's the same. It's It's all the same people, but it doesn't grab you like the last record did. Or it doesn't grab you like the first record that you heard of that band that made you fall in love with them. Wow. That being said, it's not a bad record. It's just not maybe the record you thought you were going to get. But the more you listen to it, and the more you sit down and actually look at the lyrics and listen to what they're saying and hear what they're doing sonically, (laughs) after more and more listens, you're like, no, this is that band that I love. And they're trying something new and they're expanding on their sound. And while not every song is great, there are some songs that are really going to be fun to see live. There's, these are going to these are going to last. And I kind of feel like that is what happened with The Last Jedi. I need to listen to this record two or three more times because it's really ambitious. There's a lot of things going on We're in a lot of different places, and sometimes the threads don't maybe connect, and maybe sometimes you lose the momentum of one storyline because we have to go back to another, and then we got to jump to another, and then we got to jump to another. And I think I was missing some of those connective tissues. So I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to fall. But it's certainly not the fan service make you feel like you did when you saw the original movies when you were 10 and you just wanted to run home and play with your Kenner action figures that Force Awakens does. But it's it needs to be seen and it needs to be thought about. Totally not just no, rushed at Twitter and say, no, this not, is the worst friend. thing ever, which I've seen. So that's all I got. Um, you guys drive safely home, especially Matt. We don't want any trouble. We don't want any accidents. And Merry Christmas. And hopefully I'll see you guys when I'm back through. All right. Bye. First of all, Tony, I live here, so I'm not driving anywhere. All right. Second of all, Tony's an old friend of mine. And first and foremost, Tony is a music nerd. And I really like the metaphor that he's making here. I really enjoy it. Because Joe and I have both not seen Star Wars yet because of a minor mishap on Joe's Nope. Side Don't that. do that. That's yeah. not. It was no, his fault. That's not, not mine. I had nothing there's nobody to do with at it. fault. Joe totally screwed the pooch on this I one. I made a personal choice. We're not going to go that into it. It didn't involve you. We're not going to go into it. 
But I have seen a lot of that as well. And being a music nerd, I'm totally with you here, Tony, where sometimes a band that you love puts out a record and you have to give it a few listens. And before you go, okay, I see them working here. We haven't seen it. We can't Tony, comment on Tony's opinion. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for calling. It's nice to have a nerd like you here. I'm, I, appreciate I, I appreciate his measured response. Ladies and general. <laughs> ladies and general. Ladies and gen- Ladies and generals. Mr. Gotta Catch Them All. Jeffrey. It's Dr. Gotta Catch Them All. Thank you. Happy holidays, you magnificent nerds. It's Jeff of the Marvel Lake House emailing in for my question of the week. I've talked about this image before, and I've talked about this this, this series before and this character before a lot, so this is not going to come of any surprise to you guys. But for me, the one piece of comic book artwork that most affected me in probably the past... 10 years is page 21 of issue number six of Hawkeye, the Fraction Aja run. Uh, Since this is an audio medium, I will do my best to describe it. It's basically Clint standing in front of the brownstone that he owns in the snow. Snow's coming down. There's three stories of the brownstone visible above him, and he's just down in the bottom center. And it's just him with his bow, just ready to defend his castle. And I love this image so much, not just because of Aja's amazing illustrative style and his use of simplicity, but it also tells the story of the Clint Barton that is my Clint Barton. This is the guy that is, he is good at one thing and one thing only. Yeah. And that thing makes him able to stand with gods and super soldiers and iron men. And I don't know. It's just, it's not a Clint we get very much anymore. Um, but it's the Clint that I'll always love. And it's the Clint that I feel like we got in, in that run. So for that reason alone, I like page 21 issue six, Hawkeye, David Aja, Matt fraction writing. Happy holidays. Later. Right the fuck on. I love it. It's a great image. It's an excellent image. And it's Hawkeye. Just doing what Hawkeye does. Due to the bow, doing the job. Right the fuck on. Thank you. Jeffrey, gotta catch them all. (laughs) We are wasted. Boy, oh boy. Let's go and check in with Mr. Brian Domingos, the king of the THN forums. Hey, Joe and Matt. It's Brian Domingos. Uh, Just calling in to say um, have happy Hanukkah Working and on I that. hope you guys thank have you. a nice uh, Christmas and New Year and uh, thank you for doing the show every week. I know it is a ton of work and uh, it takes a lot of effort and um, and you guys do it for the fun and you do it for us and it's great and um, I love listening every week and calling in when I can and contributing and um, just seeing what people have to say because um, I think I love comics most of all, of all the hobbies I have, and um, it's nice to share that with you guys and um, everyone who interacts and has all the interesting points of view. Um, thanks. Have a good day. Domingos, you son of a bitch. I don't know if you're trying to make us cry or reveal that we have feelings, but fuck off. All right? <laughs> not dealing with this. All right? We have feelings. I am not taking calls like this. We have feelings. I'm ignoring anything that just we happened there. We have spent the entire day cuddling a new puppy. I am moving on to Ryan Mount. Thank you, Brian. God damn you, Brian. Hey, this is 
<laughs> hey, this is Ryan Mount, a.k.a. Hebrews, calling in with the answer to the question of the week, sort of. Um, <laughs> Star Wars was great, but I'm saving all opinions until I see it again because I was simply overwhelmed. Uh, however, I do want to talk about the merger between Disney and Fox, and there's only one thing to talk about, and that's a new Fantastic Four movie. Are we going to get it? Hell yeah. But then it becomes, you know, are we, what storyline are we going to do? They've already taken away the Black Panther. I don't want to see another Galactus yet. So what do they do? And my money is that they actually do Simonson's run. So it's wacky. It's time travel. It's interdimension travel. It's fun. It's got the family feel. And you can introduce the new Fantastic Four, which I think everyone would lose their mind over. So that's my answer. Happy holidays, fellas. Now, to be fair, they did get Ghost Rider in this deal, too. The one? No, they've had Ghost Rider for a while. I'm just saying. Uh, you could do Ghost Rider, Hulk, Wolverine, yeah, and Spider-Man uh, Fantastic Four. I mean, I think that that's great for nerds, Ryan, but... I don't want them to touch the new Fantastic Four. Oh, I would fucking love it. Until the old Fantastic Four are well established. Yes, please. In the MCU. Yeah. Um, Walter Simonson's run of Fantastic Four is great. It's amazing. Um, I just, I I, I have a hard time believing we're not going to get the greatest hits before we get into any of that weird stuff. There's no way. Moving right along to a man we have not heard from a while. Just north of us. Uh, Patrick Gauthier, the goat, the the greatest of all time. Yeah. Hey, Joe and Matt, Patrick from Canada calling. Happy, merry, jolly Hanukkah drunk show. Oh boy, here we come. Um, I have an MCU related question to talk about. uh, And forgive me if this has been brought up the past couple of weeks. I haven't been able to listen to the whole show because YouTube. Uh, So Thor Ragnarok, uh, hammer's destroyed. Everyone knows that. Not a spoiler. Uh, But moving into spoilers, uh, the hammer is not fixed at the end. Uh, I was certain this is going to happen because I was also certain... Uh, that we were going to get a scene somewhere, probably Avengers 3, maybe Avengers 4, of Steve Rogers picking that up and just kind of kicking some ass uh, with Mjolnir. Uh, but now it's broken, uh, and it's not been put back together. Uh, and this, this event that has been foreshadowed uh, in Avengers Age of Ultron, when he picked it up and it moved a little, uh, looks like it might not happen now. So what do you guys think? Is there hope for my kind of nerd uh, movie fantasy to come true? I'm not that familiar with the Thor comics. I'm reading the current Jason Aaron run, but before that, it was never really on my radar. Uh, and the movies actually got me interested in them, because picking up on discussion from a couple weeks ago, uh, I liked the third movie a lot. Ragnarok was my favorite of the three, uh, but I did not mind Thor 1 or Thor 2, even. I, I dug them. Um, so that's my, uh, my question, boys. Uh, what do you think? Uh, will Chris Evans get to wield Thor's hammer at some point uh, before the MCU storyline is done? Uh, thanks a lot, and talk to you soon, eh? Chris Evans will not wield Thor's hammer. Why not? Because he has a beard and he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> because he has a beard and he's going to die. You heard it here first. Thor will wield his own hammer once again, but he doesn't have a hammer anymore. Yeah, that's, that's what we need to discuss. I, I would be st- he doesn't. I would be stunned if the hammer did not get restored. Where is Mjolnir, though? Where is it? How does it get restored? In that it's freaking in butt. field... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let these pu- let these puppies outside, please. Yeah, 
It's in his butt. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's in his butt. The shards of Mjolnir are in his butt. No, but like we do have to restore Mjolnir. They left it in that pastoral field, right? That's where she broke it, and, and then it, they got sucked into Vortex. I guess, but... So it's just laying around in you that... You have to bring it back. Yeah, Mjolnir will be back. And it will be back to Thor. It's not coming back to anybody else. Let's come but, back to Thor. I, but, but, the, the, just because Chris Evans picks up the hammer doesn't mean it's Chris Evans and his hammer. The Vision picked up the hammer in Avengers 2. Now, I would love to see Captain America. I want to see Captain pick America up pick up Mjolnir. And just yes. like hand it to Thor like it's no big deal. Right. That would be all, like, when did he actually hey, got it right here, buddy. When they were like dicking around, he like only it, moved it. It wiggles, right. But wiggles. nobody else but moved it. Like, no. But it's not like picked up. That's like no. wiggle it. In Picking the, it up is the, a whole thing. In the comics, he can pick it up. Just a little bit. It's kind of like that, yeah. In the comics, he picked it up one time. But, but comic. it is very difficult for anyone. It, I mean, like, the bottom line is that Captain America is worthy, and if Captain yeah. America is not worthy, there's then like nobody's three worthy. people that have picked it up, and that's Thor, female Thor. Well, Doctor Doom picked it up once, not but that was a trick. Uh, well, there's Thor, Beta Ray Bill, Red Norvell. But Beta Ray Bill lifted a different hammer. No, he lifted Mjolnir. That's why he, he got his own hammer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Helena. Um, Helena? No. Hella? Hella? No. Never Hella? lifted it. Not she, in the comics. She, she just, just it she destroyed it. She destroyed it. No, but she wielded it. They reviewed yeah. in the in the frescoes in Asgard. Yeah, but that never Hella happened. Hella was comics. wielding in the movie. Question. Uh so Avengers are gonna die. <laughs> yeah. So like if it is Tony Stark, it's Tony Stark Don't and, cut it. no, and it's Chris great. Evans, right? Those are the two that are gonna die. I think I think that there's a at strong... least Chris Evans, right? I think there's a strong possibility that one or both may die. Yeah, yeah. they're fucking going to die. Chris both Evans will them. die. Tony Stark will not die. My Chris Evans will die. My- oh, because I guarantee that Robert Downey Jr. is willing to do this until the end of time. No, no, no I don't no, think that's true. He's not. Yeah, no, he's absolutely. not. No, Chris he's Evans not. has wanted out of it for like four so years. The, I know, but so beard and And Downey Jr. is like, I'm having so much fun, no, I don't not. care. Robert Downey Jr. is You're making shit. that up. That's I'm not, not true. I'm not making it up. Robert Downey Jr. has never once said, I want to play Tony Stark forever. You people are assholes. You have no idea what you're talking about. Let's check in with the old timer. Well, hold on. Let's respond properly to the goat. Okay. Um, yes, I think that at some point, Mjolnir will be restored and that Chris oh, Evans will pick it up. I, yeah, I feel like. Even I want odds. it to happen. Even odds. I think fans need it to happen. I think even odds. Yeah. Yeah. Let's check in with the old Thank timer. Thank you, Patrick. It's good to hear from you. Let's check in with the THN old-timer. We haven't heard from him in a while. I was a little worried we lost him because he is very old. He's aged, yeah. Gregory Litchfield, ladies and gentlemen. We got to wrap this up. Greetings, Matt and Joe. This is the official two-headed nerd old-timer. Greg Litchfield wishing you and all the listeners a heck of a Hanukkah, a chillin' Christmas, a crazy Kwanzaa, or a happy whatever holiday. I think it's technically bitchin' Kwanzaa. Just checking in and letting you know I'm not dead yet. And that I still listen to my favorite podcast, The Two-Headed Nerd, every week. You boys try to keep your Manischewitz down, and I look forward to listening to your annual Hanukkah drunk show. This is... The official two-headed nerd, old-timer, Greg Litchfield saying, Happy New Year and excelsior to all! God damn. Shredding the whole time. It's calling in to say, hey. 
I didn't know a dude could play guitar like it. that. He's just totally shredding. Look, he's got talents you've not even heard Apparently. of. Apparently. Jesus. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. And I'll have you know that we have successfully finished two bottles of Yes, <laughs> it's true. Two bottles of Manischewitz recording this podcast. Down. Bam. We do have two more bottles of Manischewitz, but we'll probably save them for Do we have anybody year. else? We got one more caller. Who is it? It's a voicemail. Oh, there it is. Got it. Kyle Fox. Let's check. We got one more call. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kyle Fox. He's called before. We know this guy. Yeah, we know the guy. Yeah. You know him. You love him. It's Kyle Fox. Hey, John, Matt. This is Kyle Fox from San Diego. I don't have anything this week, but I just wanted to call and wish you guys a Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, uh, and a happy and prosperous new year. Hopefully it'll be better than 2017. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Fucking hope so, dude. 2015 was a piece of shit, man. 2017. 2017. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was still pissed about 2015. Thank you, Kyle. Thank Feliz you. Feliz Navidad and Prospero Año to you too, sir. Pros- Thank you to everybody Pros- that called in this Pros- week. Joe Patrick, we have some questions we need to answer, though. We do? Yeah. The question of the week. We wake up. Oh. We're on a deserted island. Yeah. There's a tube. There's a tube. With a piece of art in it. Yeah. We were carrying one, There's one thing with us. We had yeah. no other luggage. Because What's somehow we knew tube? this thing was What's going down. What's in the tube? What's in the tube? Either. Okay. The cover art to Crisis on Earth, on Infinite Earths, number seven by George Perez. That's a good one. Or the amazing original painted artwork for the Crisis on Infinite Earths hardcover slipcase collection by Alex Ross. Ooh. <laughs> wow. But that's not just one piece of art. I think technically it's like five separate paintings that he had to do. Yeah. It's five feet long. It's very big, ambitious piece of artwork. Um, I'm counting it though. Um, I'd I'd love to think of something from Sandman, but or Starman rather, but I don't think I love Starman, obviously, but I think if I wanted one original piece of art, it would probably be something from the crisis. Mine is John Romita Jr. drawing Daredevil, Anna Senti's run. John Romita Jr. It was during the Inferno crossover where Daredevil is fighting a vacuum cleaner. No, a possessed subway that has been leaping out of the streets of New York. Like we're almost done. It is the cover of Daredevil 263. It is Daredevil. And, and his costumes in tatters, and he's wrapped in bandages, and he's holding like one of his, his yeah. cane, swinging at a demon. He is completely fucked. There's Kirby Crackle all around him, an amazing, like weird tentacle demon with like Stegosaurus spears coming out of its neck, and Daredevil is just swinging at it, like holding a baseball bat coming at it. It is my favorite Marvel cover. Of all time, it is the only piece of original art I would pay anything for. John Romita Jr.'s Daredevil number 263, the cover. (laughs) That is my answer. Yeah, I mean, that's great. That's a good pick. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's not my pick. I don't have anything. Thank you to everyone that called in this week and left a message. We certainly appreciate it. And we love doing the Hanukkah War on Xmas drunk show every year. We would not have one without you. We'll be back live next week on Saturday. Dad gummit. From 11 to 1230 Central Standard Time. Let's set up a new question. But 
Yep. Before we get out of here, Joe Patrick, I need you to set up the new question of the week. The new question of the week comes from the infamous Joe Bankus. By the THN forums, he's infamous because he submits a lot of questions. He is Joe Bankus. And never calls in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here to. it is. Uh, he's originally from Omaha, but he's moved to parts unknown. Yes. In honor of the best worst movie, Troll 2, obviously. What is Whoa, the worst best in the room? Really? Best worst. I put them both right up there. All right, fine. What is the best worst comic book series that you've read? Something critically panned and or reviled that you actually love? Oh, God, I love this question. I definitely have an answer. I love this question. <laughs> Excelsior, true believers. Happy holidays. Please wrap this up. That is it for THN 471. If you dig comic podcasts and get too drunk to do anything worth quality, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to send a very special, non-specific, generic holiday thank you with no spiritual content whatsoever. That's not true. Merry yeah. Christmas, guys. <laughs> to everyone that's supporting this show on PayPal and Patreon, without you nerds, we can't afford our Krampus laser defense system. That's right. It's very intense. Before we go, yeah. our weekly shout-out goes to legendary Marvel writer and newly DC exclusive Brian Michael Bendis, Mr. BMB himself, who revealed just a few days ago that he's still struggling to recover from a sudden severe eye infection that left him temporarily blind and near death last week. What? Bendis said his wife's quick thinking literally saved his life and that he and his family have received a tremendous outpouring of support from his peers in the comics industry. In his last update, Bendis said he was back in the hospital due to the infection flaring up but his doctors have it under control. He's home now. And he hopes to get home soon. He is home now. He got I just home saw he's just home. the other day. Yeah. He got home just the other day. Word to you, BM Bendis. Happy Hanukkah, sir. And please get well, because if you don't, who is going to criticize your DC work? I mean, really? Yeah, I'm just waiting <laughs> like, for the chance. You just want to talk shit about what you have to do next. <laughs> Until next, Feliz Navidad. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just feliz all over your Navidad. Oh, gross. <laughs> this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>